Okay, we're pivoting back to good old-fashioned orthopedic surgeons once again. We have Dr. Mark Petropalion, who is an orthopedic surgeon in private practice, sports medicine in Syracuse, New York. Uh, he is a brother of another laser mother. He is really the original person that got me turned on to the concept of using laser as an alternative treatment modality for both acute and chronic orthopedic conditions. He first learned about laser with uh, Kevin Wilk, the world's greatest physical therapist, while he was doing his fellowship with Jim Andrews down at the Andrews Clinic. He passed it on to me. And so we have a great conversation about how laser has changed our practice and how it's affecting our patients in a very positive way. Another great story here on the Ortho Show podcast. Hashtag follow the pro. From Medical Media, this is The Author Show. Hello world, Dr. Scott Sigmund, your favorite opioid-sparing orthopedic surgeon here for another episode of The Ortho Show podcast, where we bring you the best of the best in the orthopedic world. Today is no exception. We bring you Dr. Mark Petropelli, who is an orthopedic surgeon, sports medicine specialist in private practice in the Syracuse, New York area. Mark and I go way back. It is a pleasure to have you on, my friend. How are you? Thank you, Scott. It's a pleasure to be on uh, with the original opioid sparing uh, surgeon for sure. And I just have three numbers for you, 6, 13, and 30, right? <laughs> you 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 have heard a couple of my lectures here along the way. Absolutely, six, thirteen, and thirty. I love it. For our listeners who don't remember, if you give a, a twenty-four hour prescription of opioids to a hundred patients, six out of one hundred will still be on opioids at one year. If you give them a ten-day course to one hundred, thirteen out of one hundred. If you give them a month supply, literally one third of the patients that are were taking them are still on opioids at one year. They are incredibly addictive, and that's why. Uh, Dr. Petropoli, myself, and so many others are doing so much work to try and minimize opioid exposure to our patients and safely and effectively take you through your surgical intervention. So how is Syracuse, my friend? What's going on? Syracuse is great. Uh, the weather's great. Uh, we did, we've did. we had a lot of rain, uh, but so is everybody. So uh, it's 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 great. No problem. This is a great time of year. Fall is probably the, you know one of the best times of year up here for sure. Winter's a little long. Winter's like six months. Yeah, no, you guys get it up there, too. That lake affects snow, that's for sure. And you were born in Rochester, New York, where it's there, too. And so, but uh, you got great chicken wings. That's super important, I know, for sure. And uh, global warming is everywhere. I think it's hard to ignore at this point with all the crazy rain and heat waves and all the other stuff we're having. But uh, so you were born and bred in Rochester. Is that correct? That is correct. And then you decided that you were going to pick it up and really go afar, and you went to Syracuse University for college. And then you got frustrated right. for a while, right? Well, I did. And the reason I went there, and I'll admit this freely, is because of Syracuse basketball and uh, Pearl Washington. He was a uh, he was a freshman when I was a senior in high school. And, uh, I mean, I fell in love with the guy with the program and uh, – you know, and then I couldn't leave. I went to college, medical school, did my residency there. So, so that 13 years. Yeah. And then uh, then I went to Alabama for a year with Dr. Andrews, and then I'm back in the area. So, you know, more than half of my adult life. Yeah, sure. they gave you a one-year pass, and that was it. You went down south, you came right back up again. So when did when was it orthopedics for you? Was it early on? What did you think? Yeah, it, it was early on. I mean, I had three things I wanted to be growing up, and um, 
one of them was a fighter pilot, you know, but my eyes weren't good. They didn't have the, uh, the surgery, the laser surgery like we have now. Uh, where, where you can actually do that. And then the other was uh, Rockstar, and then the third one was a sports medicine doc. So, uh, you know, I had to settle for sports medicine doc. But uh, my uncle was a physician, and he told me that, uh, you know, if you want to be a sports medicine doctor, you have to be an orthopedic surgeon. It's really hard to get into. And so that's kind of how I got my interest in uh, orthopedics was, uh, you know, from my uncle telling me what I what I had to go into. Yeah, I mean, Top Gun was a huge movie, but I think we're probably about the same age, if I'm not mistaken. What uh, I'm, I'm yeah. turning 57, where you got to be right in that ballpark. Yeah, I'm 54. So yeah, there you go. And so, so well, Top Gun is is definitely a, a you know a memory, and I'm looking forward to seeing Maverick. Yeah, it's going to be great. Really looking forward to seeing that again. They pushed it out another year. They basically said they? because of the oh. pandemic, they're like, we want to make as much money as we can, <laughs> so we're going to push it back. But uh, we'll all be ready to watch for sure. And then, uh, yeah, so, you know, music still seems to be a big part of your life. We'll talk about that as we get going here for sure. But uh, so tell us about your fellowship with Andrews, because I always think that those years are just so formative for us as we build our careers and get going. It must have been a really special year for you. Yeah, I mean, it was a tremendous year. And, you know, I came out of Syracuse, which was a great program, uh, learned how to really operate. We did a lot of surgeries. They let us, we didn't just watch, we, you know, we did the surgery. So, we came out of there, came out of there as a really good surgeon, but not a complete, you know, physician or clinician. So I think, you know, Dr. Andrews obviously uh, is a wizard at uh, arthroscopy and surgery and, you know, particularly shoulder, elbow, knee. Uh, and so I really honed my skills doing that. Um, but, you know, he really taught me how to, how to treat a patient day, day to day in the clinic. Uh, he taught me how to work as a team, sports medicine team, which I liked. Uh, you know, surgeon, physical therapists, athletic trainers, coaches, um, nurses, you know, even, uh, you know, the parents, and then oftentimes agents for that matter. So he really, you know, taught us how to uh, work as a team and how important it was to have really good team members to make us look good because, you know, we do the surgery, that's one day, but then you got PT in the rehab. And as you know, that's months down the road. And we really appreciate the help that we get from all our, you know, ancillary staff. Yeah, no, you can't do what we do without having the complete team approach. And when you go to a fellowship like that, you know, whether it's it's Curlin Job or, or Cedar Sinai now coming together with Smog or if it's Rush or the Harvard program, or there, there's some great sports medicine fellowships. But it's the, the concept of working with the entire team is what allows you to be able to really, you know, take great care of the athletes. And then that translates into caring for your regular patients that are out there, too, which at the end of the day, which is where most of us wind up practicing. Not all of us are professional uh, sports doctors, that's for sure. One of the other thing I think that these fellowships really prepare you for, which I think, which really speaks to you in particular, Mark, is the ability to sort of give us the idea and have our eyes open to innovation and be, uh, you know, accustomed to new ideas and being accepting potentially of new ideas and concepts. Uh, you know, I think you and I met at a Zimmer's uh, master's uh, certain advisory board for when we were doing the subchondroplasty procedure. And that obviously was a new procedure at the time. And there were not a lot of people doing it. And, and you and I had, had really become sort of believers in that process early on. I don't do quite as much as I used to and, and, and really don't do a lot with Zimmer anymore, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but uh, not to any, any fault of Zimmer per se, but, you know, I think that's what prepares us to be able to make decisions about trying new things. What are your thoughts on that? No, I totally agree. I mean, he is an innovator. He's always open to new ideas. 
And, you know, I, my eyes were open not only in orthopedics, you know, with all the innovative. I mean, there's reps from every single, um, you know, every single company down there. So you get a, a good um, a good mix of all the innovations coming from those companies. But even things like in physical therapy, like Kevin Wilk, obviously the best physical therapist in the world. And he was doing laser back then. Back then. And he was doing, you know, that, that's when I first got exposed to laser. And we have a common thread there as well. And he's still doing it. I don't think he's using the right equipment, but he's still doing it. Um, and, you know, we can talk about equipment and all that, but that really opened my eyes. And I didn't, I kind of thought it was, I, I didn't really think much of it. I knew he was using it. And then I had um, the uh, trainer from the Blue Jays, Tommy Craig, came and he was with the Blue Jays. He left, he came, I was covering one of the minor league teams that um, uh, the Blue Jays was a Blue Jays affiliate. And so Tommy came back into the organization. He was the athletic trainer there for two summers and he had a handheld laser. And I started to, you know, I, I didn't really, really realize how I could get my hands on one, but I started to become a believer because these guys I respected and they were getting good results. And this was like, it was like 25 years ago. Yeah, no, no, Heather, we have to get Kevin Wilk on. He he is a hoot. I mean, he's his videos on LinkedIn are some of my absolute favorites. I mean, like he's got these guys bouncing on basketballs and pulling oh, yeah. things up and and rubbing their stomach and their head and trying to catch a ball at the same time. And half the time he falls over. I mean, it's absolutely some of my some of the classic videos on LinkedIn. So we have to get Kevin on the show, Heather. We'll work on that. Yeah, on, definitely, on definitely. Yeah, you know, so it's funny. I mean, talking about laser, I. I Everybody knows that I'm obviously the chief medical officer and founder of OrthoLaser, and but we really haven't talked a lot about laser and the basic science and clinical aspects of it on the show. We've really had other people talk, but that's definitely a common theme that you and I have. And you were really the first clinician that sort of brought the idea to me. And I, I remember we were at that meeting and you started bringing it up. And obviously, my opioid sparing philosophy sort of you know came together and then it was through you that i got introduced to the cutting edge people and we started taking a look at the at the m6 laser in particular but so tell us you know walk us through why you know, obviously you had this early experience which was it's interesting i didn't know that but how did you you start to make the play into using laser in clinical practice well i mean honestly i um I, innovation like you said I'm, I'm always open to innovation so i um got trained on the Mako when it first came out, the robot, uh, robotic system, went down to Florida. I was uh, trained on that. I tried to get our local hospital to adopt it at the time and they wouldn't do it. Um, and, but I met a rep who um, we hit it off and he eventually left that company. And then he came over to cutting edge and they're based out of Rochester, which is, you know, my hometown. It's only an hour and a half from where I am here. And he called me up one day and said, yeah, I'm going to, I want to bring this laser in and show it to you. And I, I, again, just like the subchondroplasty, I didn't, I kind of didn't, I was a little skeptical to start with, but I'll listen to anything. And, uh, you know, that's a great procedure. That type of procedure is a great procedure, but the, the laser in particular, I said, all right, whatever, bring it over and, you know, can you bring one so I can try it on myself? And cause I had, I had torn my calf running a, a, a New York marathon on mile 18 and I kept going like an idiot. So I probably should have stopped, but it had been bothering me for literally two years after that. Um, it had not gotten better. Every time I tried to train for another marathon, I would re-injure it. So I, he let me use it on my calf. And I, I mean, I'll knock on wood. I haven't had a single, it hasn't bothered me since blow me, blew me away. And then I also had some medial epicondylitis, 
Um, you know, I like, there's a lot, of, I like to work out, I like to do a lot of other things with my hands. And so I just had overuse injury, wouldn't go away, killed me doing pull-ups. Um, I used it on that and, uh, it went away. So I was an immediate believer cause I just used it on myself and, you know, the rest is history. Uh, bought a unit pretty quick after that. It was probably almost four and a half years ago. Um, and so we have three units now and, uh, you know, it's a big part of my practice. It's pretty amazing. Um, but that's how I got introduced to it and how I got hooked on it. Yeah, no. And, and it was your experience that it was about, you, you had to have been probably just with your first laser, not for too long when we had, been, when we had started our conversation. And then, so Ryan came down and he brought a laser in for me and I had this Achilles tendinopathy, you know, that big like watermelon thing in the midst of your Achilles tendon, which had been killing me for like three years. And I started treatments with it. And after three treatments, I was like, wow, you know, I'm really starting to feel better. And and we did the same thing. We did friends and family. We brought some patients in. And I was like, wow, you know, I haven't been taught this. It's certainly not anywhere in my medical school curriculum, but it's hard for me not to believe what my eyes are seeing and the fact that the patients are improving and from that, basically, I went and, and did a lot of background research. I went to Italy on two separate occasions to meet with the Asa Laser people and Professor Monica Monici and, 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 and Professor Lucio, Uncle Lucio, as we like to call him. And, and you know, I really spent a lot of time and energy sort of digging into the basic research, which really is pretty impressive. I mean, if you really look, you know, behind the scenes and you look at the Petri dish and you and you'll talk to these scientists that have been using laser for quite some time. The, 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 it's actually impressive. The data really is there for sure. No, I mean, I totally agree. Uh, I haven't had a chance to get to Italy because of the pandemic, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, that, that's a, you know, Lucio is a great uh, resource for sure. And um, like you said, I mean, there's, there's a, we've been using laser on humans since the 60s. Uh, the particular laser we use, as you know, has been cleared by the FDA since 2009. It's a state-of-the-art, um, ro- you know, fully robotic laser, uh, and it's um, it's it's amazing how it works. But I just I just like to talk to patients in simple terms, and you know, I mean, it, it does four main things. Obviously, you can get way into the weeds on the science of it, but I mean, it stimulates the chromophores on the mitochondria, so it stimulates the mitochondria to produce more ATP, more energy, and you'd be surprised. Well, you know this. I mean, you, you talk to you start asking a patient, do you remember what the mitochondria are? And, you know, the vast majority remember it's the powerhouse of the cell. It kind of blows me away. So they kind of get it right away and they feel all kind of cool, you know, cool. Hey, I know some science. And then you tell them, you know, it decreases inflammation. It stimulates the lymphatics to get the swelling and the inflammation out of there. It um, increases blood flow to the air, which I think is a, that's probably, the, in my opinion, one of the biggest things that I think it helps with things like adhesive capsulitis loosens up that capsule. It's amazing. Um, and so it increases blood flow, the mitochondria release nitric oxide. We, you know, there's all, there's a lot of science behind it. Um, and then it also inhibits the painful nerve fibers, the nociceptors that cause pain. So, I mean, those four main things stimulating the mitochondria, decreasing inflammation, increasing blood flow and decreasing pain directly are the four main things it does. And you don't, it can take 30 seconds and explain that to a patient and, and a lot of times they get it right away. Yeah, I mean, they love the idea of an alternative treatment. Who doesn't want to try something that doesn't have a needle in it, right? And Absolutely. and it's also, it's non-toxic. There's no side effects associated with it. It's clean energy. It's light. I mean, it's 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 pretty straightforward as far as that's concerned. What I always, you know, what I always like to start talking, maybe not so much with the patients, but with, with docs that are thinking about whether or not laser is right for them. I say, you know, do you believe in photosynthesis? And it's like, 
I haven't anybody say no yet. I'm like, yeah, I mean, the, the sun shines down, the grass grows, you take out a lawnmower and you cut it, right? And, and so that's photosynthesis. Do you believe in the conversion of vitamin D to an active metabolite that you have to have sunlight to make that happen? Everybody's like, yeah, of course. I'm, so I'm like, why should it come as a surprise as a species living on a planet in our deepest genetic code that we're sensitive to light? I think it should just make really good sense. And the clinical data had, had, had been lagging, but there's more and more studies that are coming out. And there's some really great news that happened at the Academy. Uh, the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgery puts together guidelines on the treatment of certain diseases, such as osteoarthritis of the knee. And the last time they put out guidelines was back in 2013. And they put out brand new guidelines and laser was included on the recommended list for osteoarthritis knee pain. The specific language was if you do laser, you should anticipate to have reduced pain, improved function, and not have any side effects. I mean, hey, that's pretty darn good, right? So very exciting news for us out of the Academy. And uh, we're actually going to have a big press release coming out about that. But it's so nice to be able to talk to another, you know, believer uh, in the process of what you've seen clinically and what's been really beneficial for your patients. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, on a cloudy day, how do you feel? On a sunny day, how do you feel, right? I mean, it's pretty, <laughs> that's how your cells feel when they get some light shined on them. I mean, oversimplifying it, but it's true. No, there is a lot of truth to that. On the first day, God said, let there be light. You know, one of my other favorite lines as we turn on the laser, but uh you know, it's been uh, it's been a good ride. I mean, you know, you're you have the M6 laser, obviously, and you know, with ortho laser, we have the M8, which is the older, the newer cousin, if you will. But uh, you know, we're we're expanding great across the country. We have nine open stores. We have six more that are actively uh, being uh, constructed as we speak, with another ten to fifteen that are laid out and ready to roll. So it's been very it's been very promising for laser clinical laser moving forwards going into uh, as we come through this pandemic for sure. Uh, and have you as well, have, have you seen that in the setting of the pandemic, people are looking for sort of alternative treatment options, especially with surgery potentially being backed up? Yeah, no doubt about it. Even when it was, you know, when it was backed up, um, we were, you know, we were only, we were only really shut down like completely as an office for a couple of weeks. Um, and then we just started to ramp things back up again. Um, it's getting close to being fully ra- uh, ramped up again now that sports are starting, which is great. Um, but absolutely when, you know, that, I think that convinced a lot of people like, well, you know what, now that I know I can't have the surgery, I think I'll try that laser you've been talking about. And, uh, you know, it's cost us, cost you, me some surgeries for sure. But I don't mind that I've had five surgeries and I don't, you know, if you don't, no one wants to have surgery if you don't have to have it. And, uh, I just think it's the coolest thing. It's almost like, um, you know, on Star Trek, I always thought that that was really cool, that tricorder where you could diagnose and you could treat things all with a little small handheld thing. Well, this isn't quite that yet, but it's pretty close. I mean, you can't diagnose things, but you can definitely treat things without any needles, any shots, no known side effects. It's very safe. You know, it's it, it, there's minimal contraindications um, and you're using something that's, you know, invisible, but it's actually um, working just kind of like that tricorder on Star Trek. So I've always been looking for that magical uh, tricorder. And this is right now as close as it gets. We just got to get it to a miniature version. Yeah, there, there you go. It's like the patients are like, I don't want to go to that big white building with sick patients in it. You know, yeah. let's try to do something, keep me outside. And obviously that's why we're seeing so many more patients now have outpatient surgery through our ASC model, which I think is really going to go crazy as we move forwards for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's become it's become a, a real 
part of our clinical use. We use it perioperatively too. We, we love it for post-op pain relief. What I, what I always say, a lot of docs are always like, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to lose, lose surgeries. But at the end of the day, the people that truly need surgery are going to wind up getting surgery. Uh, but if you can provide them alternative treatment to delay that perhaps, or, you know, be able to keep them out there working for as long as they can before they're ready, I think that's obviously a good thing too. So yeah, man, it's great to have another laser brother of another mother to be able to really talk about this. And uh, so I really appreciate you sharing, sharing your thoughts there, but what, you know, so, so obviously you can't just do orthopedics in life. There's gotta be some other stuff that's uh, getting you going. What are you doing to keep yourself busy and passionate using the other side of the brain these days? Well, you did mention uh, music. So I do like to play the drums. I, I still play some, some keyboards. I played, I was, you know, I played piano for 10 years growing up and um, I quit when I was in 10th grade and my mom said I would regret it and she was right. But having that 10 year base, you know, I was able to kind of relearn it. And so um, I, I try to get out and sit in with this one band that I know as much as I can. And then I hire them for our uh, holiday party every year so I can guarantee that I get to play I would love to play. I would love to play more often, you know, like, uh, uh, Lou Schoen, the foot and ankle guys, he's, he's, uh, he's performed with the Foo Fighters twice. So I'm, I'm massively jealous of that, to be honest with you. And he was Heather, good. You got to look it up Heather, on YouTube. You got Heather. There's another one. Well, you got to him so. on. You got to, you got to watch the YouTube videos of him singing. He's tremendous. And, uh, oh, I, I love yeah. it. That'll be, that'll be fantastic. Well, you know what they say is we get, as you get older, it's great to sort of rekindle things that you haven't done to sort of stimulate your brain and maybe you can push dementia off. And so learn to learn to, you know, maybe write a book or, or learn to paint or, you know, learn how to play guitar, whatever it may be, right. To sort of stimulate your brain in a way that you're not used to. And I think a lot of people think that's very beneficial as well, but uh, Hey, look, Mark, this is, this has been great. I mean, we really appreciate you taking the time to come out and, and share your story and, and uh, be able to, to, be able to talk about laser with me in particular it makes me feel so good and wanted once again but uh it's really been a pleasure having you on well it's been a pleasure being on and uh you know anytime anytime and uh hopefully we'll get together and see each other at some of these uh, meetings again so yeah it's, it's time I will, I will say the academy you know before parting I, I was a little disappointed as an exhibitor as well as an attendee when we got there and how few doctors and few uh, you know, a few people were actually present. By the end of the trip, I have to say, uh, I really changed my mind. And really, for the for the time and the, and the the people that I met with, it was really quality time. And and we really did get a really valuable experience, both through OrthoLaser as well as the time I spent with friends and colleagues that I haven't been able to see. So maybe we'll see in Chicago in Absolutely. March for the next Academy. That would be fantastic, if not sooner. This is what we do on the Ortho Show. We bring you the unique stories of great orthopedic surgeons and industry uh, people from around the world. This is Dr. Scott Sigmund, hashtag follow the fro, host of the Ortho Show. Till next time.